This week on the Catching Up Podcast, it's episode 31 here with Connor and Nick. And today we are talking about uh, Chamath coming out and saying that the VC fundraising game is a giant Ponzi scheme. We're also talking about Shift, the local Seattle company, raising $6.5 million. And lastly, we're talking about the new hot topic. Tulsa, Oklahoma is offering $10,000 for you to move there for a year to work remotely. Would you do it? Let us know. Please enjoy episode 31 of the Catching Up Podcast here with Connor and Nick. Thank you very much. Nick, good morning. Happy episode 31. Yeah, how you doing, Connor? I am, uh, I'm okay, honestly, today. Uh, I'm a little busy. I'm a little cold, um, but I can't complain. Life is so good. I get to do what I want to do every single day, so, uh, that's all the negativity I'm going to put out there for the day. <laughs> how about you? How have your week been? Uh, pretty good. Uh, I'll, I'll just simply say I'm I'm in this I'm in the same place as you, man. So <laughs> that's all we got to say. <laughs> nice. Uh, you get a chance to watch that Seahawks game yesterday. I did. Yeah, yeah. I was actually at the Collective, which is a really cool new space uh, in Seattle, and um, actually they had quite a bit of a. It was uh, it was like a the company's called Baird and they're like a wealth private wealth management company. And they had, uh, and they had a party and then it was open to the uh, members of. So there was probably, you know, a couple hundred people there. It was, it was awesome. And it was just great to, I met some new people and uh, then just watched the game and Hey man, we pulled it out. So yeah. I can't believe that. Yeah. Um, what was one of the crazy things that I saw yesterday was, uh, um, the throw that Aaron Rodgers made, um, the second touchdown that he threw, like on the run, rolling to his right, and just on the move, slinged it 60 yards for a touchdown. It was just like an absolutely unbelievable move, and he made it look so easy. Um, it, yeah, I saw that highlight last night when I got home, and it was just like, wow, that's, that's an incredible throw. Um, but yeah, I'm glad, yeah. I'm glad it all worked out for the Seahawks. <laughs> yeah, it's good. It's, it was, it was actually a must win for either team. Right. And yeah, definitely. So, you know, I'm glad that, glad that we pulled it out on a, on a slight side note. It's just, it's so amazing the way that this works, but like, dude, the, the points, it was three points, point spread for the Seahawks. And the yeah, Seahawks are favored, favored for three points and we won by three points ah so no one won any money on that one then probably no but it's but to me like that's just fascinating that you know it can it can be they they just ping it at that and it turns out the end the game is three points (laughs) and Seahawks win it's just crazy just sports gambling in general is just a pretty wild math problem because it's unbelievable yeah how uh spot on and numbers are uh, yeah it, it's always impressive how they find that number and how that number ends up playing out uh in the long run yeah it is impressive all right uh, so we got some topics to talk about this week yeah and so um let's start <clears throat> off with the first one let's start off talking about shift so shift just made the news uh late this week because they raised 6.5 million dollars and i remember first seeing shift this was probably three years ago at Founders Live. Yeah. Yeah, it's so, pretty cool. It's pretty um, cool. I mean, do you have any thoughts on them? Or, you know, what did you think when you first saw them pitch at Founders Live years ago? 
Yeah, and what's really cool is um, so the branding has changed uh, since then, but uh, they. Um, I I've, look. I, I know these guys. Uh, I've always been impressed with, you know, what they're doing, and I think that they are solving a problem, which is really, um, you know, communications with within like teams. Um, really, it's you know helps workers in service and retail industries communicate and swap shifts. And so, when you think about, I mean, just to use an example of, you know, when we use Slack, it, when you're if generally you're in like a tech industry and you have Slack or some sort of like messaging and communication system. Well, I feel like that they're pulling this into more of a traditional service and retail industry and allowing them to communicate easily change and inner, you know, swap shifts and um, really just coordinate, coordinate the workforce. And, and I think that there is um, there's a need for it. So I've always been impressed with them. Yeah. I think it's just such a clever idea. And when, when I remember being at that Founders Live, they already had Starbucks doing demos with them as a customer. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that was just like a really positive sign. I mean, a, Starbucks is such a big customer. Um, and they have so many retail spots. But, I, yeah, I just think it was a really smart idea. And they found a really unique niche and problem to solve. And, and it sounds like they really went with the methodology, like, where's their problem? And they saw that was such a unique um, which would look like a small problem, but now after they're raising, it looks like it's going to be a little bigger problem. I know they've got uh, Gap on and Athleta as clients, and so I think there there's going to end up being a lot of opportunity. Um, and yeah, I just want to give a shout out to them. They're actually offices in the Northwest work lots, yeah. uh, which you and I know very well. Yeah, that's awesome. I've I've actually seen uh, a couple of them there when I I was around that. Uh, area and saw them there and i'm like oh yeah i, I know your office <laughs> <laughs> they're not in the same office we were in were they no no okay. they they're in a they're in a different one uh but yeah they're right there man so uh, you know old stomping grounds old stomping grounds and so uh let's talk about tulsa i know you put post an article about tulsa recently yeah so interesting um news and i feel like we've talked about this before this concept but uh, Tulsa is paying people more than $10,000 just to move there. And the package for newcomers uh, to the Oklahoma City includes a free membership at a co-working space. And it's really, it's an interesting initiative to, you know, pull, they, they say they're the ideal city for remote workers due to its array of museums, low cost of living, food and drink scene. Uh, Connor, would you, would you up and move to Tulsa for ten grand? and some of the perks that they're offering, or do you think that it, there's a lot more here that needs to be considered? Um, I think it's a pretty damn good deal, honestly. If, if, so my company is so rooted in physically being here in Seattle, and so I couldn't get up and move. Um, if I had a partner, the thing is, like, if, if Amanda, my fiance, had the – if she was working remote and she was making good money, I would definitely consider it. Because so the breakdown of the ten thousand dollars is a little unique. It's twenty five hundred dollars is a relocation expense, and then it's a five hundred dollar monthly stipend, and then you get a fifteen hundred dollar lump sum at the end of the month. Or I'm sorry, at the end of the year, and it's only a one year commitment. And so like a ten thousand dollar pay raise for one year is pretty good, and they're gonna cover your office expense, which is usually another a 
primary expense for most remote remote workers if they're not working from home. And the cost of living in Tulsa is extremely low. Um, you know, you can get a home there for like $150,000, which is just. I think I lost you there, Nick. <laughs> yeah, I, I, uh, you're back now. <laughs> um, sorry for all those listeners. We uh, accidentally ended the phone call, but we are back. And so, yeah, moving to Tulsa, uh, I think it's an interesting opportunity because it's only a one-year commitment. $10,000 goes a long way in Tulsa. And I just think about the investments that you could make with that $10,000. Um, wherever you want to invest your money, that's a lot of money to put away and to, to cash in on for one year of moving to Oklahoma. Yes, the downside is you've got to move to Tulsa, Oklahoma. And they're, you know, they're trying to upsell themselves like they've got museums and a, a booming food scene. I'm a little skeptical about that. But I'm sure there are plenty of local businesses and restaurants and uh, places to go visit. So, I, you know, when I heard this and, and my whole brand was finding Seattle's telling stories of local businesses, I feel like I could parlay this thing into something pretty good. I could turn it into a giant story like, hey, I'm moving to Tulsa, Oklahoma for one year and I'm going to go tell these stories about the people who live in Tulsa. That could be interesting. But, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to do it. I'll put it that way. <laughs> What about you? What are your opinions? I'm not gonna. Yeah, yeah. I, I wouldn't do it either, man. I think it's a little. I don't know. I mean, I, I give them credit for a little bit of a marketing ploy and campaign, but um, dude, I even you know ten grand as well as as it spread over across a year. Um, I just don't think it's. I don't think that is attractive enough. Uh, secondly, I think it's. Um, you know, we're, we're sitting here in Seattle and you compare Tulsa to Seattle, it's not even a comparison. So I, I personally wouldn't do it, but I could see, interestingly enough, people that are coming from different parts of the country, maybe r- more rural places that want to go to Tulsa. It, you know, it's all perspective and relativity. So, um, you know, maybe it's attractive <laughs> to other people. But I, And so yeah, for the last topic, I'm not buying it. Um, I wanted to bring this up. It's actually been on my mind the last couple of weeks. Um, and I, it first came on my radar. There was a podcast. Actually, it was the the publication from the launch festival with Jason Calacanis and uh, Chamath. I might butcher his name. I'm sorry, but it's uh, Polly Hoptia. And he was a, a early executive at Facebook. Mm-hmm. And after he cashed out of Facebook, he became a, a started a venture capital firm called Social Capital. And they've, uh, you know, been one of the fastest growing VC firms Um uh, and, and I, let's just say most well-respected VC firms in the Valley um, while this whole tech scene is going. And he had some really interesting things to say in this conversation uh, with Jason. And, and he pretty much said that he, uh, he was no longer going to participate in the Ponzi scheme that is Silicon Valley. And he goes on to explain about how the economics work of VCs raising money and how they're taking like a 15 to 20% commission on the money raised. And so, you know, when let's just say Shift raises $6 million, uh, Madrona and Ignition could be making like 600K just as a uh, bonus for doing that deal. And that's actually what is driving a lot of the growth within the industry. So the VCs are pushing these companies to grow back, like grow your numbers, grow your numbers at all costs. 
because they're actually all just teaming up and they're making money off the rounds that are raised off other people. Um, and so he says, I'm getting out of it. He's kind of restructuring his entire firm. And when I visit their website, I really like what they say. They say, we partner with companies at every stage of their business for as long as it takes. Um, and I thought that was really interesting. That's a very different perspective from most VCs of saying, hey, we're going to ride this out for you. Like, we don't care if it's a 5, 10, 15, 20 year process for you to become what you want to do. Like, we're in it for you. And so I'm just curious, Nick, you, I mean, you're so experienced in the startup world. And obviously the VC scene is not as intense here as it is in Silicon Valley. But but what do you think about these thoughts? Like, does this change any of your perspective about what's going on with this uh, booming tech scene? You know, in the end, I I actually agree with them. Um, I <clears throat> I think there is, I don't know, man. I, I just, the longer and farther I go here, the more I feel like, the thing is venture capital actually was always a very unique thing. Like it was a very, very unique thing. And it was for special occasion or like special unique situations uh, back early on when it started. And, and weirdly enough, it's become so popular and mainstream. And some of that is the media. Some of that is the VCs that yeah. blog that end up becoming very well followed. So, so then their word is like, you know, God and like scripture. And so then, you know, founders all over the place think that what they need to do is raise venture capital. And the whole industry has totally morphed into this thing that there's so much money into it. But the problem is, as you know, so I, you know, I listened to this about when it came out, like maybe a month or two ago, I actually listened to it and I pretty much agree with them and i think it's getting it's in the end it's it's totally fucking the whole system and it's um i don't know if it's a net positive or net negative on the entire industry because half of it is like oh it's funding uh entrepreneurs it's funding startups and it's funding growth and innovation but the other side of it is what he's saying is that there's a very dark side and there's like it's really becomes binary, right? So when you take a company, a, a possibly not growing fast, but growing company and you Im infuse it with venture yeah. capital, it becomes a binary outcome. And the, in the investors, they just either want to make it become quote, a unicorn or, you know, a billion dollar outcome or put it to bed and like literally shut it down. But I don't, that's not necessarily the only choices and the right choices, especially for the founding team. So um, for various reasons, I think it's uh, there's a lot going on that I think we need to be aware of. And you have other financing choices uh, outside of just taking venture capital because you're signing up for a crazy yeah, ride. Exactly. And a ride that you might not even could be, be losing a lot anymore. of that control when you make a deal like that. It's, I mean, it's almost like making a deal with the devil. Um, and, and and the startup, you know, the friends that yeah. I have working at some of these growth companies here in Seattle, I mean, from what I hear, yeah, it's, it's tough to be a leader in these companies because all of a sudden is, are you a people-focused company or are you a product-focused company and are you driving towards raising the next round or getting the IPO? Um, and I hear that from a few of these booming companies right now, like their employees are all pushed like, 
you know, like two more years, like and the goal is to get an IPO and we're going to get there. Right. And we're all going to cash out. And it's like, well, if that's coming from the top, that's the, the leaders are definitely saying that because the investors are telling them that. Right. And they're pushing them that way. And so is that the best way to build a company? Only time will tell. But yeah, just hearing I was listening to this podcast and I was sitting on the bus and it was just one of those like stopping moments where I like couldn't focus on anything else because it, I, I mean, I really didn't realize that that like 20 percent commission bonus was part of that deal uh, when people raise money. And that's just kind of, yeah, it, it, uh, mm-hmm. it changes my perspective about um, how great it is to raise that money. And I think a lot of people are like tipping their hats to that point. And, and congratulations to everyone who's done that. Like you should be proud. Um, but, but to me, it kind of looks like a sign of the, the end is, is near, or at least, you know, the next crash is coming uh, because that's not sustainable. Well, it's, yeah, it's just, no, it's crazy. And you know, like even what Shmoff is saying is like, Look, the moment you, as a, as a startup, as a company, you take that money, you are now, you're basically beholden to their business model and their, their business model being the VC industry, uh, you know, outsized, outsized large outcomes. And that they're, I mean, you signed on the line, so you are accepting that they are now pushing for outcomes that may or may not, I mean, of course, like, I think everyone, you know, as an entrepreneur, you want a large outcome, but the economics change, the control changes, the timeline changes, and you're not necessarily in full control anymore. And I can tell you, if you lined up a hundred, you know, a hundred CEOs that went through this process and you talked with them, they would say, yes, it totally changed things. And it was not awesome, you know, and it was, um, you know, you just have to know that. And I think anyone listening to this, just like, think about it and determine how do you want to build and grow your company? What sort of economics do you want? Um, if you want to get on that crazy train, like then do it, but know, know what's involved. And when someone like Shamath who rode the wave with Facebook, he is a billionaire. He created his own fund. And honestly, like, yeah. looked at it and was like, this is great. This is crazy. Like, he's like, this is not, I mean, he literally, which, you know, he's controversial. So, you know, some things I don't agree with that he says, but a lot of things I do agree with. And he literally was like, I'm doing this and I don't like it and I'm changing it. And I think he pissed off a lot of people, but at the same time, I think he at least made a, a decision that feels right in his mind. And he's choosing to, yeah. Go about yeah, it's his money. He can do whatever he wants with it. In his you own know? Way. But yeah, he definitely pissing people off. Because, you know? I mean, he put his hands in other people's pockets when it comes down to it. Um, so I can understand why other people were pissed off. But yeah, I feel like he was doing the right thing there. He didn't have a lot to gain. Uh, or at least it didn't look like he had a lot to gain by himself putting it out there and, and kind of throwing the industry under a bus. And so I kind of admire uh, him taking that risk. Yeah, it's, um, it's, I, I just, I think, unfortunately, there's not enough of individuals like him, you know, to yeah, even, like, yeah, he's no. just going to go do his own thing and everyone else is going to be like, oh, whatever. But um, I think the, me- the message to entrepreneurs is really, you know, 
look deeper and harder and you know know that there's other ways to build company like i've even had my own investors tell you know look at me and say hey you know like don't necessarily only think about building this off of vc money like actually think about a business model and create sustainable revenue and um look at options in the way that you can grow your company in a sustainable way with growth revenue versus always going back to investors for more cash. And, you know, look, you know, companies like shift and others, like doesn't mean that they are only, yeah, it's 100% uh, you know, cash cow, but, but, you know, cause most of the time, like investors are looking at, you know, strong, profitable growing companies anyway. But I think the, the, what to know is the actual, absolute changes to your business and your economics and the trajectory of your company, it will totally change it. And like, that's what you need to know. And I think in the end, it's a net, I think it's a net negative on the entire industry. Um, that's my opinion, but, um, you know, it's, it's hard to, it's hard to, it's yeah, hard to certainly, say. I mean, especially you know, when it comes to cash, engineering to and grow, scaling up, so. um, it is very needed in a lot of these businesses. And so that makes sense. So, so yeah, I mean, shout out to shift cause that's awesome. They're yeah. getting this chance to grow. <laughs> um and support all these different companies and provide jobs and everything so i'm excited to see what they do and since they're a founders live alumni i think that's pretty cool um and so i have one more question for totally. you. so i was down at the amazon spheres uh this was three days ago and it's like 8 30 at night and uh i walk by jeff bezos and yeah and i say Hey Jeff, like I really admire your he work. Did? And he turns around with this like glowing smile and he goes like, "Why, well, thank you." Like just like really happy that I gave him a compliment like that. Um, and it was just kind of like a shock to me, right? And the whole time I see him <laughs> walking up and I'm just like, "Do I t- do I do I ask him to take a selfie? Do I do I say something to him, right? Like, you know, I have all these thoughts going through my head." So I ended up just giving him the compliment and I was so shocked at his response. It was just so like it almost like seems like he never gets a compliment uh, because like he seemed like so shocked. I mean, I'm sure more people say bad things to him than good things possibly, or don't say anything at all. Um, and so he just seemed so happy about it. And so my right. question for you, would you have yeah. asked if, I don't know if you've ever like been in his proximity, but would you ask him to, t- to take a selfie? I, I wouldn't ask him to take a selfie. But I think the better question is, what would you ask him? And I think it's like, I don't even, I, it's funny, like, look, yeah. I, you know, I, we're talking about the wealthiest person in the world now and, you know, leading the, probably the biggest company in the world. And um, yeah, I don't, yeah, I think you, I mean, you said, you're just like, you just said what it came to mind, right? It's like, hey, I'm, I admire, admire your work. I don't know what I would ask him. I, I would, <laughs> yeah, it was one of those like spur of the moment really to like, say something. But and we were standing like I, I probably, under the Amazon spheres and I was admiring the spheres. Because, and so, I mean, deep down, I really want to say like, I like your, your balls. But uh, I, ne- I, like, I wanted to like, I, I wanted to put something <laughs> friendly out there to him. Yeah, I think because um, my, I mean, I would like to like if you ask a question i want to have a conversation so it's hard to like ask a question if they're just walking by so um yeah i'd probably say the same thing and just be like hey you know like you know thanks for leading this but um you know of course there's people that don't really think that um 
But uh, dude, that's <laughs> yeah, really it was cool. like it was one of those moments where I was like, I don't know if I'll ever be in this close proximity to him again. Um, and and it, he, you know, he just like walking through South Lake yeah. Union. He was with some other people. Like they weren't. It didn't seem like they were even having a conversation. Um, and it was it was either the day after or the day of the announcement of the the new two HQ the HQ two twos. Uh, oh wow! And so, yeah. I mean, he probably had a lot going on that day. And yeah, it was just kind of like one of those, like, "Wow, that was such a unique moment," uh, just to like be in his presence. Cool. Well, that is the end of episode thirty-one. You got That's any parting cool. words for cool. our friends and our family listening? Ed, just have a good weekend. Uh, check out Founders Live, and if you're in Seattle, our next event is the 29th, and uh, we are. On track and that's going to be on the Hard you know, Rock, right? A record-breaking event, so I'm really excited. Hard, hard Rock, yeah, Thursday the 29th, which is basically in two oh, weeks, and we're already almost in it. We're basically at 300 That's freaking awesome. So, uh, well, we are off yeah. next week. Yeah. I hope everyone has a happy Thanksgiving. Yeah. Uh, thank you. Uh, I posted some of the previous episodes a little late, so if you haven't watched those, uh, the last two episodes, 30, episode 29, please let us, let us know what you think. We'd love to hear from you. Thank you, as always, Nick, for joining me every Friday morning here for this wonderful catching up conversation. I appreciate you deeply um, as a friend and my co-host on the podcast. Enjoy your weekend, and I will see you soon.